0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey guys, welcome in. Stinkin' Truth Podcast alongside my partner, Mike Evans. I am Mark Schlereth, Scott the Hub, producing the show. Millennial Ben helping out as well. And i um, like to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat. For all your exercise and nutrition needs, sweetsweat.com is where you go. And I tell you, I just got a text message from one of our listeners who started using some of their products and he was just like, man, this was, it was awesome. Great stuff. My son's an athlete. He loves some of their, uh, you know, some of their um, like pre-exercise drinks and their post-exercise drinks and all the things that they've got going on out there, especially home workout stuff in this uh, in this world of COVID that we're living in. For all those type of things, check them out. Sweetsweat.com is where you go to find that. Also want to announce that we've got some uh, new sponsors going to enter the show. Um, so I'm pretty excited. Sportsbook's going to come on and help us with our moneymaker, or at least critique us with our moneymaker picks That'll be every third. You. No, no, because conti- I beat you last year. You did not I beat you last That's, year. That... <laughs> I oh, laugh. Lord. You have made me giggle. <laughs> um so anyhow, we'll we'll have uh, I may have beaten you last year. You you, you may have. <laughs> um but anyhow, we will uh we will have uh information for you every week from our insider from the uh Superbook is going to join us every week, and that will start uh, next week. Next, All right. Next Thursday, the opening night of – can you believe it's a week away? I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, All the doomsday predictions about how we weren't going to have football yep. and shut the whole country down and shut sports down. Well, guess what?
1: It you know what, fun- is, yeah, you know what
0: it is? You know what I think, honestly, it's – I was very skeptical about whether or not I would enjoy bubble basketball, right? bubble hockey, yeah. baseball without any fans. I'll tell you what, I, I've adjusted just fine and I'm enjoying it. I'm entertained. I'm so glad that I you're don't, okay I don't, with it. I don't need <laughs> I, you're, okay? I, yeah, yeah, you're okay. Yeah. If you're okay, then everybody in the you're, I'm okay. you're kind of a great you know, cross section of America. Yeah. I think I speak for everybody. Right. So I'm okay with it. So you should be too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're okay, if Mike's okay, <laughs> okay. then you should be are okay you, as well. Are you, are you okay? I'd Have been, you been okay with it? Hey, listen, pleasantly I, surprised, maybe? I, uh, I watched Game Seven of the Nuggets Utah, yeah, and it was—I mean, it was an old school. You want to talk about balls? That was just an old school ballsy performance. End of the game, there was great defense. I mean, it was—it was—it was was classic. There was times where it looked like there was a lid on the rim and nobody could make a shot. It was like old school. uh, What did they end up being? Eighty seventy eight in a in a in a series where they were scoring one hundred twenty points a game per. Uh, I I just thought it was great. I thought it was a great great game. And, and the playoff hockey's been the same thing is they play 100 I, miles honestly, an hour honestly, regardless of whether or not there are fans there. I haven't even noticed, hardly noticed that there aren't fans in the stands. Agreed. I just I, it hasn't and and baseball for me too cuz you know I love baseball. Um I took, a, uh, I, took I, fl- I got flushed up yesterday I was playing catch with my son and uh he got me he was you know working on some stuff and like I I'm catching I get back. I don't catch, you know, 95 at 60 feet. I don't I can't quite see that. So he's always like scoot back before I kill you. <laughs> that's right. Um so I, I appreciate that about him. <laughs> um but then when you're throwing curveballs and yeah, you're throwing some unfair. off-speed stuff, you got to you got to you got to scoot up a little bit. Like when he's throwing a slider or a curveball because it's not, you know, his slider's probably 86ish and mm-hmm. so I scoot up a little bit and um his curveball seventy seven to eighty. He flushed me in the ankle. Yeah, just fl- I Listen, mean, Stank, I you got to understand. It. Your son, who should be pitching in, in in the majors right now, he should be with a he should be pitching professionally. Uh, his stuff is that good. But you got to understand, if he decides to throw you breaking stuff, it's clearly that he's trying to get back at you for some sort of childhood trauma. Yeah, because yeah. he's he could kill you. Normally though it 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 you know it's a glancing blow like it tips off the glove cuz I miss it right. you know I miss it I just slightly miss it yeah. and so it it's lost some of its uh impetus right when yeah. it hits me Yeah. This one was flush. Ah. I did not touch the baseball and it flushed me right in the ankle. That might be more of a statement about you than anything. Do the I ever tell you the, the reflexes hit... just aren't the same anymore. Do you ever tell you the time when he first got into professional baseball and I was Literally catching a bullpen about twelve years ago. Is this the nipple story? Yeah. Yeah, I love the nipple story. So we will get ca- to football here, folks. Okay. I'm catching I'm catching him and we're in the front yard. And the normal you know normal people who catch him, there's nobody there and he's about ready to sign his contract. He just got drafted in the first round and he's about ready to sign his contract and and go off to uh you know, to rookie ball or whatever, wherever they're gonna send him, right? They ended up sending him to Missoula, Montana. Um, and he pitched for the Osprey for about that was rookie ball. He pitched for the Osprey about for he, I think he was there for three days or three out of like I think he did two outings. He was there three or four days and then he went to high A. <laughs> like he just they sent him off to uh off to uh uh the Silverhawks just outside like Notre Dame or whatever. Where, where's Notre Dame at? What's uh South, Bend, South Indiana. Bend? Yeah, they sent him to South Bend so um. So anyhow, he's getting ready. He's about to leave. They're about ready to get this contract signed. He's like, "I got to throw a bullpen before I leave." You know, tomorrow, the next day, whatever. He's going to leave. And I was like, "All right, well, I'll catch you, but you got to take it easy." You know, you can't go. And I'm this is twelve years ago, thirteen years ago. So you know, I'm I'm still at that time. I'm early forties. You know, so I'm like I'm good to go. You're right? only a few what five years removed from, yeah, playing, from playing NFL. Yeah, yeah. so. So we're 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 rolling we're rolling and you know he's consistently 96.98 at the time right just <laughs> Jesus. freaking throwing fuel just absolute fuel so I'm like you can only throw it about eight 90 80 like you just got to take it easy so he can just flick it and it's 83 84 you know just barely even even trying and so I'm just I'm sticking him right yeah and I'm like man I'm I'm like literally in my head because yeah. I'm such a yeah, I know. dumbass. I see where I'm you're like, going. I'm like, I'm really getting good at this. <laughs> right? I could be a professional right. catcher. Now <laughs> I got no mask. I got no chest protector. I got no. Sh- I got nothing. nothing. I got no cup. Nothing. Yeah. And you know I can't really bend my knees, so I'm kind of splayed out, so it's hard to move. You know, and I'm like, and so finally I am just. I mean, I feel like, like I, I am Pudge Rodriguez back there. I'm just stabbing things. <laughs> ta-da, 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 ta-da. So I said, I go, go ahead and unleash one. He's oh, like, boy. And he's like, what? I go, go ahead. Like, let one fly. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. So he uncorks one. I swear to you, I didn't even see it. It went by my mitt and hit me flush in the right nipple <laughs> and dropped my ass to the ground. I mean, just wham! And I crumbled. Like, uh, I'm grabbing my I got my hand on my tit. And I'm, like, rolling in the grass. So he comes running up to me. You know, he's all concerned. Like, he thought he might have killed me, right? Yeah. And I literally thought that I was going to have to fish my nipple out of my pants and go to the hospital and have my nipple. Have the first ever nipple reattachment surgery. Like, I am, like, ah. So we literally go, I'm like at this time, oh. I'm like literally, I'm like, fuck you. Leave me alone. You know? I'm so I'm so pissed off. And you were never my favorite child yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I go inside and he is howling because he thinks it's the funniest thing yeah, he's ever course. seen in his once whole he, life. Once he knows right? you're okay, yeah. Right. So we go in the kitchen and I take my shirt off, and I kid you not, I have the seams of the baseball are imprinted and they go right across my nipple and it's already purple and it was like purple and yellow you could literally see the baseball I wish I had a picture of it I never took a picture you could literally see the baseball embedded in my across my nipple and so you know I mean I don't even know how we got on this story but but that was my and you would think at this point that I would have, at that point, would have quit catching him 12, 13 no. years ago. No. So I'm, I'm th- not that bright. There's still a Pudge Rodriguez it, in there somewhere. All right. I am that <laughs> stupid. So, yeah, I got flushed in the ankle yesterday. So, uh, that I love was good. Story yeah. time with Stink. Always, uh, always a good time. Um, all right. Let's get to some some football stuff. We're, we're, um, hey, how did that even come up? We well, were just talking about baseball. Were we? Yeah, we're talking about you know watching baseball and oh yeah, yeah. no problem watching baseball. Yeah, and, yeah, no problem watching. Yeah, watching and then sports it'll in be general. the same thing with football. That when, once football starts up, Vic Fangio here in Denver, uh, they did a scrimmage out at their their stadium, yeah, in and he said, right. no, "It's not a, he, it's in power, in power field." field now, right? He said, "He said you know what? With the cutouts, they pumped in a lot of music, a lot of pu- pumped in crowd noise." He goes, "Honestly, uh, I I thought the atmosphere was was fine. Right. That it was pretty." Regular, so it it's going to be something to adjust to, but I think we'll adjust to it pretty quickly, and yeah. the football season will go on. I know one guy is not going to have a problem with it, Kirk Cousins. It is what it is, <laughs> right? <laughs> You want to start there? Huh? <laughs> all right, what the heck? I don't know that. Let's go there. I don't know Let's that I really. Let's go there. You want to start there? Like, well, you brought it up. You know, what? you know, sometimes and I understand being a man of faith and I'm a man of faith and my soul's prepared, you know, if yeah. if, you know, it's my time, it's my time. I I get all that stuff. But and and, and I understand kind of from a context standpoint that sometimes things get a little taken out of context or sometimes um you know you say some things because of of that that i don't i don't know i just am like you, you st- at the same point you can be a man of faith and not be tone deaf right like hey man if if it's my time and i'm going to die my soul's prepared and i'm ready to die right i believe in jesus he's my lord and savior and i'm good to go With that said, I want to protect my family and protect other people, and I'm going to wear my mask, and I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to do all the things that's expected of me. I'm going to get on a plane next week. Next Thursday, I'm going to head out to Atlanta to call the Seahawks versus the Falcons on Fox. I cannot wait. I'm super excited. When I get on that plane, I'll have a mask on. I will make sure that I clean off my seat, and I clean off the little air thing, I clean off my table tray. I've already got all the, you know, disinfectant wipes and everything else. Yep. And um and I will do my very best to keep my hands clean and do the things that the CDC recommends to keep myself and to keep others more importantly as safe as possible. I'm not tone deaf to all that stuff. Right. But again, you know, if the, if hey, if the plane goes down in a heap, man, it goes down in a heap and I right. and you know what? And that's like I'm I understand the the consequences of life. I just like to, to, he's taking a beating right now and I'm like, Well, you kinda of brought it on yourself for being a Dumas. Yeah, well, you know, the whole well, you know, survival of the fittest kind of approach. Yeah, he did clarify his comments and, and yeah. I, I get what he's saying. He's saying, you know, look, I'm just not gonna I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to, as he said, I'm not going to stay in my bedroom for for right, the next ten fear, for the I'm, next I'm ten years. Which, that, right. which I'm fine. And and I think it's just, I, I didn't really have a huge problem with what he said because he did talk about how, hey, listen, I'm still going to go out and respect what right. I'm being asked to do and all that kind of stuff. And I traveled about a month and a half ago, and it was the same thing. It's like, look, I think sometimes you just have to make a, d- a decision with everything going on. Hey, the, I, I'm going to live life, but I'm going to make sure I. Try to live life smart right now, right? And I think as long as you're weighing that live life versus do it smartly type approach, right? And it's more it, and honestly, then you get into right. that it is what it is type right. of then I think you're I, I'm and, fine with that. Honestly, it's more it, like the odds of even if Kirk Cousins got sick with COVID, the odds of it being anything significant are slim, right? I mean, statistically speaking. But it's really about protecting other people, you know, other people that have what do they call it morbidities, you know, other other illnesses and other issues that would cause um, complications. It's really about protecting others in society. It's really about being unselfish, and I Kirk, I know Kirk. I mean, he's a he is a good man, and he is a good guy. And sometimes, even the best of us say some things that are really stupid. And you go, hindsight being twenty twenty, that was moronic, right? Like that one back. Yeah, I'd yeah. like. I, I wish I had that one back. I, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think this will define him. I don't hey, think no, he's gonna get. He's, I, I he's, think he still I, will. You know, I be average be, against uh, oh, both no, 500 no, teams. now, 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 <laughs> now, now, now. All right, Kirk, I kid, uh, I, I kid because uh-huh. I care. Hey, we're already seeing the uh, Brady effect. In Tampa with veterans. Yes. Who wanna go there and wanna play a role and even play a diminished role than where they were before. Look at Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Leonard Fournette and you know it's it's interesting. There was a story out there, kind of conspiracy theories, put on your tinfoil hat, that Leonard Fournette floated that there was interest from the New England Patriots, which I think is brilliant, right? Of course put it out there, see if you can drum up other interests. You know, it's, it's my career was never about negotiating, right? I never was able to negotiate. I, I mean, I never made the kind of money that I probably should have made because I was never in a position to negotiate. I organized, begged, right? Can I have more money? No, please. No, no, seriously. I'd like more money. No, because I never had another offer from anybody else. Cause I was always hurt. Right. And so, I got what I got and I just kind of had to accept it. Now I'm not complaining because I got to live out my childhood dream. And, you know, I've made uh, a really handsome living for many, many years um, off the game that I love. So, you know, it's 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 worked out exceptionally well. But when you have either multiple offers or the perception of multiple offers, you've got a better chance of of getting yourself in a place or in a right place and getting yourself more money and good for him. Leonard Fournette, I, here's what I would ask you because it's interesting to me. You know, Last year, Cleveland was all about hype, all about players, all about talent, all about what could be, all about potential. All those things to me are filthy words. Potential is one of the worst words in football. That and soft, those are two horrible words. We always used to say potential gets you fired. And soft is fighting words. Call me soft, we're going to fight. Potential will get you fired. I need guys that can play. I don't need guys that might be able to play or guys that really look fancy in in pads or, you know, first off the bus, guys, put them in a tight T-shirt, a pair of shorts and send them off the bus because he looks the part. Don't put him in the game because he ain't worth a shit. Right? I don't, those guys don't matter to me. But um, this feels different. Cleveland, I said from day one last year, give me it's the Cleveland Browns. They lack the emotional maturity to be worth a crap. They're not going to, I mean, they got guys that are more worried about making goat shoes for Tom Brady than they are about, you know, about grinding out victories. They got a guy that's more about making commercials than spending the offseason getting better. Like, they don't have the emotional maturity. This Tampa feels different to me Mike well you look at the fournette move th- this this has that New England feel all over it because what has been the mantra under belichick don't don't tell me what he can't do tell me what he can do right and so in in Jacksonville they needed fournette to be a star they needed him to be the centerpiece of their offense mm-hmm. here in Tampa what are they going to ask him to do hey we think we're going to be playing with the lead a lot and when the fourth quarter comes along, and we want to put this game on ice, so we could turn to a bulldozer type right. running back yeah. that we can start handing the ball off to close out a game. Yeah. Or we got another option now down around the goal line, mm-hmm. and that's all we're really asking for you. I mean, that's where have we seen that before? Yeah. Well, it's it's the Legarrette Blunt Yeah. Aspect yeah. to the New England yes. Patriots, Great right? Call. Yeah. Hey, we need you to be a pass protector. You know, on 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 occasion, we're gonna run. You know, I know Bruce Arians, I mean, he'll run 22 duo. It's a gap play, you know, front side gap play on the right side. 22 duo. He'll run it 14 times and then throw a bunch of play actions after it and go, don't tell me I don't run the ball. I ran it 14 times. Let's go. I mean, that's Bruce Arians, right? And then shove it down the football field. So that's what he wants to do. And you can't tell me that, like you said, short yardage, conversions, right? That's what we want. We want conversions. Goal line. Red zone. Man, we want the threat. We want somebody that's got a anvil for a forehead, and he's gonna put that anvil on you enough times. And guess what happens? All of a sudden, we run a play action with those tight ends, and we run a little high-low combo. We run a little, uh, you know, a little Z drive or X drive or whatever the case may be. And we got a tight end running a basic over the middle, and we got a receiver after off the play action running the 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 underneath shallow cross. And we flagged that ball to Leonard Fournette and those linebackers sat down and that hole's wide open to Gronkowski over the top and you're just like, Touchdown Bucks. Yeah, this feels different to me. This like they have a legitimate shot in that division to win it. If they don't win the division, they've got a legitimate shot to be a playoff I'd team. They'd be stunned. Be stunned if they're not a playoff team. I would too. I think for sure they're gonna be a playoff team. And and I think I think Like, week one, I think the Saints will beat them because the Saints have continuity. But, hey, I don't know when their second matchup of the year is, and I'm assuming it's going to be late in the season. That's the one to watch, the one that's going to be in Tampa. That's the one that that could be for the division come, I don't know when it is, but I'll just say week 11, week 12, whatever it is, right? That could be for the division. Speaking of Gronk, so I saw this quote from uh, Gronkowski talking about how he's ready. He's ready to go. Right. And he said, "Quote: I've been playing for nine years. I played in the NFL for nine years. It's just like practice. It just came back like that. Game on, baby! From the first play on. Okay, can I put on a my conspiracy tinfoil cap here? Yeah. This was in the works for a couple of years. Brady saw how it was going to end in New England for him. He like knew, it ends for everybody else. Like in it ends New for England. everybody else. He knew right. he'd be somewhere else. He knew Gronk was beat up." Mm-hmm. He knew Gronk was probably, you know, questioning whether or not he wanted to keep playing. Here's what he went. To, he, he said to Gronk, "Hey, take a year off, get get healthy, get recharged. I'm going to be somewhere else here, mm-hmm. and let's get back. Let's get back together. And it played out like it played out. That, that, doesn't it feel that doesn't? It doesn't feel like coincidence to me." Not it it feels like this thing was was in the works. I told it was you preordained. Did I not tell you when Gronk retired and everybody was was like up in arms about it? Did I not tell you now I didn't You know. thought he'd come back though during the year. I thought he'd come back last year. Yes. But I told you he that's he's not done playing football. You were absolutely right about that. Yeah. Right. He's not done. Yep. And, and I thought he would come back. But you know what it came it came down to? He just wasn't coming back to New England. He wasn't coming back to to Belichick. He wasn't coming back to the grind. He wasn't. He just wasn't going to do that. It was hey, my body's already beat and my body's beat down. It's one thing to understand what a what an arduous task it is mentally, and it is, right. But when it's physically, when you're beat down and mentally every week you get beat down, like you're just like dude. I just want. I just got to get away. I got to get to the point where I know I'm physically going to be. Sore and I'm going to be beat up and I'm all those things are going to happen, but man, I want it to be. It's got to be fun. And you know, I used to have these conversations sometimes because because Mike Shanahan, who I love and who's been a great mentor to me, has he has a propensity. I mean, he loves football, right? And he's he loves the grind of football. And there were a couple different times over the course of my six years in Denver where I had to pull him aside and said, Mike, it's got to be fun, right? You got to remember, <laughs> like, we're still playing a game. You know, and I understand how difficult it is, and I. But it, it, it can't be. You can't be wound so freaking tight that it's just is like it, it, at some point there's got to be some levity. There's got to be, you know, some fun. You got to break up the monotony. You, it's got to be that because if it isn't, man, this game is too tough. It's too hard on you. Well, and it, it's a fine line because you're right. It's a game, but it is a business, and are we seeing? Examples of that when it comes to the Saints and Alvin Kamara. Right. Because anybody can understand how dynamic a player Kamara is and how important he is to the Saints, but you can understand the Saints' reluctance to maybe mm. give him a big contract with all these other running back contracts that that don't look so good now after the big bucks were paid out. Right. And, you know, the, the, the market was set when Christian McCaffrey signed his big deal, right? Yep. And if you look at, what Christian does and what Alvin Kamara does, you, you could make a very, like they have similar game. Now Christian is just so much more a part of the offense in general, right? That, you know, what he did thousand thousand club last year, you, you get that. But if there was another guy that I think could be a thousand thousand club guy, it would be, if, if there's one other guy in this league that could do that, it, it would be Alvin, right? I mean, he's he's got that kind of skill set. So now he's not asked to do that, and they have more weapons, and, and they have a veteran quarterback that you know spreads it around, and, and it just is a, it's just a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a guy that deserves to get paid. I think you have to come down, and you have to ha- have some realistic expectations. Like, how much is enough? And how much, like, I, I'm probably not going to get whatever, what did Christian get, like $16 million a year? I'm probably not going to get that. But can I get a nice chunk of change in the first – because it's really the first three years of the deal that you're really negotiating anyhow. So can I get it to where I'm 14 and a half? And, you know, I may be a little shy, but it's it's like a good deal for me and we got a chance to win a chance. I, I think at some point they'll figure it out. But, you know, you think teams are too – some teams get too spooked by what happened with Todd Gurley? You know, oh, I, I think that's – I but are they – yeah, should they be that that well, spooked? I by think him? What, no. They they probably shouldn't, Mike. But it, I think every it's a case by case, and you've got to look at what a guy is. Like there are guys like Todd Gurley, like Leonard Fournette, that run with a style that that just lends itself like <laughs> like Melvin Gordon here in Denver lends itself to playing twelve games a year because you're a you're a battering ram. And although you dispense much of the justice, it takes its toll on your body. And then there are guys like a Christian McCaffrey, like an Alvin Kamara, that are great in between the tackles. Runners. I always thought. I always thought Tony Dorsett this way. Like I always thought that Tony Dorsett has this knack, this ability at the point of contact to make it a grazing blow. You know, I opened this up talking about getting hit by a baseball, right? A glancing blow stings, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt you. When you get flushed up, it hurts, right? And Tony always had that ability right at the moment of truth, like just to kind of move his shoulders or become gelatinous and never take, you know, a solid blow. And I always thought that was, that that I almost feel like that's a, Instinctual kind of gift, and I think that Christian has that. Even though he's a really good between the tackles runner, and he can run you over, there's not very often that I ever see him really get tagged. And I think Kamara's the same guy. All right, and so so I are would they say, the same guy? So if I if if Christian McCaffrey's up here, okay, I got my mm-hmm. hand up, you know, here, hi hi Where's Kamara? Just slightly under that. Just slightly under it. Just slight. I mean, just well, slightly. then pay the man. Yeah, I, I just think it's different than what you saw with the style of Todd Gurley, what you've seen with the style of Leonard Fournette, what you see with the style of some backs that, you know, and they pride themselves on on running tough and running people over and being an intimidating factor and all that stuff. But there's only, you only have so many, like Russ Grimm, the Hall of Fame guard, when I got drafted by the skins, uh, by the Washington football team, excuse me, when I got drafted by the Washington football team, Russ Grimm told me as a young player, he's like, Stink, he's like, You only got so many counter trays in your body, buddy. You like, I have, I have, I have reached my limit. And he's right. You only got so many in your body before your body just goes up yours. I ain't doing this anymore. And that's the running back position in the NFL if you're a battering ram. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you're talking about, like, in, in the case of Carolina, McCaffrey is your offense. Yeah. You don't have a quarterback. You know, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, we'll see. We'll see. Right. But, but you you understand, McCaffrey is your offense, right? Yes. So, Drew Brees, this may be the last year for Drew Brees. So, a year from now, we talk about the New Orleans Saints, and do they lean on an Alvin Kamara the way the Panthers lean on a, a Christian McCaffrey? Right. And if that's the case, then right. now, you, now you've established his value, and it's, it's Christian yeah. McCaffrey-like. And especially, like, where do you go from here? Like if Drew Brees leaves, I mean he goes right to right. He's going right Right to to the booth, some network, right wherever that is. He's going to NBC or whatever, and he's going to be in on the with Tony Dungy and those guys, or he's going to go to call games or whatever. Whatever. I mean, you know, I know how the game works. You know, you automatically get you served because he's Drew freaking Brees. I get it. Um, but like, what? what, You go to Jameis Winston? Do you trust him? Do you go to Tyson Hill? You you change. Because if you go to Tyson hill man you'd want a Camaro. like you that like that's that's kind of a special I don't know it's just that it's an interesting kind of dilemma, if you will all right let's uh get to question mark where we uh will take a bunch of questions from the great listeners and pick the best one and you'll yeah, we'll we get got a we got a lot of questions they'll today. get I a mean, you, gift you, package from sweet sweat yeah you you're, you got I mean we've got I don't know, 30, 40, 50 questions, something like that. Well, I mean I'll there's a the whole ju- I'll be the judge of. Yeah, you 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 know what? You can ask me a couple and we'll uh hammer out a few and then we'll decide who's uh who's going to win. Uh... Oh. I like this one right. right off the bat. Oh, look at you, excited. From Timmy. 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 <laughs> better offensive mind, Joe Gibbs or Mike Shanahan? Oh, be- better o- well, you know, Joe Gibbs interestingly enough Joe Gibbs was a base three wide offense before single back offense before that was a thing. Like, people don't even realize that. So, he came from the Don, Don Coryell world, and we were a one back offense. I mean, ultimately, that's what we were. We were three. Remember, we had Ricky Sanders, Gary Clark, Art Monk, and Art, we based out of three wides. And so, at that time, when I came in the league in the late 80s, that was, we were unique. There was only a few teams that ran. Everybody was a fullback and right. a tailback, right? And then when everybody started kind of transitioning, transitioning to um, more three-wides offense, more nickel sub-packages, I came to Denver where we were a base offense, which is interesting. I never really thought about it that way. I would say I would I would say that Mike Shanahan would I would give him a little bit of an edge simply because I watched so many times him tell us this is what they're gonna play in this situation and here's how we're gonna attack it. And like in, in Washington, we were like, this is what we do, and we're going to beat your ass with it, right? But there was more of an adjustment aspect in Mike in going, here's what we do, but here's what they do, and we're going to get them in out of this formation. They will play this. They will play this coverage. They will play this run support. They will play this way, and we're going to get them in that, and then we're going to eviscerate their asses. And you'd be like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, we – we call the play, and you're like, you break the huddle, you know, you walk up the line of scrimmage, and you watch the defense do exactly what he said they were going to do. And you'd be in your stance going, oh, shit, we got him. We got him. And, I mean, it, it's exactly what goes on in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan yep. right now. Yep. It's the same damn thing. So I'll give the I'll give the edge to Mike Shanahan. This is from Vern, who asks, Mark, are you confident the entire NFL season will, will be played? Absolutely. Ah uh, absolutely. Because I think I think one is that travel is not going to be listen, baseball travel's not an issue. Remember at the beginning of the season when everybody went when the Marlins all got, you know, the bunch of test eighteen positive tests or whatever, and then the and the St. Louis Cardinals, same thing. Um it was they went on the road and went out to a casino and like woohoo, you know? And once that happened, Baseball basically shut them down. Once you get to the hotel, you're not allowed to leave. And that's what football, football's used to that. Now, it's just a matter of there's a couple nights a week when NFL players go out, right? And ultimately, I heard Philip Lindsey, who plays running back for the Denver Broncos, say this yesterday. If you are selfish enough during the season and you're a young guy to go out and infect yourself and in turn... affect me you don't care about my family you don't care about my newborn you don't care about this football team and he's like I hope that we're not that selfish and I think there's I think the NFL I think there's enough belief that and they're doing enough that the way they're doing it it's going to be fairly contained and fairly safe there will be a few positive tests I mean this is the way it goes right um But I think for the most part, yes, the season will start and it will finish. Mark, this one comes in from uh, F3Bosox. Which player do you think will be the comeback player of the year in the NFL? We got some, let me add to that. You got some obvious uh, choices. You got Gronk. Yeah. Bradley Chubb. Mm Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford. Right. Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. So, which one would you say would be your best pick for comeback player of the year? Well, I mean— Who will make the biggest impact? so there's a couple things that come with the comeback player of the year. One, you have to have a phenomenal season, right? So— to me the guys that are most likely to have a phenomenal season. And Alden Smith is a great Alden Smith is a great story. But the guys that are going to have like the impact type seasons, I would say Bradley Chubb has a chance, Gronk obviously has a chance and Stafford has a chance. Yep. Okay, then you have to be good. Right? The team, the team has yeah. to be good. So th- that you're that you're front and center and that you get the coverage and you're, you know, you, you I mean, that people are talking about you, there's a buzz about you. I don't I think Detroit is a, a Detroit's a little bit of an issue, right? I I just don't know that based upon just based upon the culture of Detroit, some of the you know there's still some shots being fired at Matt Patricia, and and I just don't know that that's a great situation there. I and and the division they play in Minnesota's still really good, Green Bay, and, and you know they're they're I just don't think they're gonna. I just don't think they're going to be good enough to have that. I, I think the same thing about the division that the Broncos play in. I think the Raiders are improved. I think the, the, the chargers are really like a really stacked team. I, I like Tyrod Taylor. I think I, I know this. I mean, just talking to the the chargers last year, they felt like Tyrod Taylor had he been the starter over Phillip rivers. They'd been a playoff team that, that Philip rivers was playing that bad at the time. So I just don't think that the the Broncos are going to be in the thick of things playoff wise. And I think Bradley Chubb has already had a setback in camp. I think it's gonna take a while for him to get his feet back under. I think Gronk is the guy. Mm. I mean, first he's dynamic, he's in Tampa, they're gonna get they're gonna get huge games on Fox. You know, there's gonna be hype. He's got Brady, he'll be spiking.
1: I, I could see him catch grunk.
0: ten. T- I could see him catch ten touchdown passes Absolutely. this year because you know Brady's going to look for him. Right. He's going to be the red zone. He's going to be the red go to guy. Wow. Man, there are going to be some bitter Patriot fans watching this all play. Oh up. my gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> never liked that Brady guy. Yeah. Gronk. Never, never really approved of his shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All Who does right. he think he is? Um. Actually, can I add my own question mark? Yeah. Then, are you convinced that Tyrod Taylor will be the Chargers' quarterback, barring injury, all season long? Yes. Really? Yeah. Even like, though they like, took Herbert. Yeah, unless you know you get to Week 17 and they've got a playoff spot locked up, right. and then they may give Herbert, like I.e., like what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Remember, Alex Smith played the whole season, and they let, and and they're a playoff team, and they let, uh, they let Patrick Mahomes play the last game of the season. So yeah, no, I, I am convinced. I am convinced you gotta go back to Anthony Lynn, who was a coordinator in Buffalo when Tyrod Taylor was there and then went to the playoffs. He loves Tyrod Taylor. He loves his athleticism. And remember, Tyrod Taylor is a guy that, you know, he's gonna throw it for I don't know what he had in Buffalo. It had to be close to three thousand yards, you know. Um, you know, kind of an eighteen to six interception ratio. He doesn't throw a lot. A lot of picks. Excuse me. He's a great deep ball thrower, and then plus he'll have five or six rushing touchdowns and 500 plus yards. that's that's Tyrod Taylor. That's what he does. And uh, and Anthony Lynn wants to open up that offense. He wants to have the boot keep game and all the play action stuff off that wide zone. You know, that's what he wants to do. Man, he wants to have the play pass. The you know the run action, the play action. The he wants all that. And um, he couldn't do it with Philip Rivers, and that's where I get the sense that Tyrod Taylor was a guy. And I did a couple of Charger games. I just felt like Anthony felt, and this is just me. This is my gut. I felt like Anthony felt like if I had Tyrod playing right now, I could be a playoff team. And that's where he was. And and that's not disrespectful to to Philip Rivers. It's just that Philip Rivers can't move, you know. And and um, and took some. Ill-advised, made some ill-advised throws, and you know, and and so that's just the sense I got. All right, good questions. Um, let's go with Wolfpack Chris. He asked the Comeback Player of the Year. All right, uh, which I think is, was a great question. So uh, he wins the Sweet Sweat prize package. Yeah, seventy-five dollar gift package from Sweet Sweat. So uh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate everybody because we had a ton of questions on here today. So, appreciate you guys being involved. Don't forget, next week we start our Moneymaker Picks. The season starts next week. We'll be with you a couple days a week. Got some new sponsors joining the program as well. So, I don't know. I mean, just onward and upward. Thank you to Sweet Sweat. Uh, thank you to Scott and, and Ben. Thank you to you, Mike. And, uh, well, well, I'm at it. Thank you to me. <laughs> I am just <laughs> Where all. would we be without yeah. you? I'm just awesome. <laughs> uh, for everybody that listens. No, thank you to you guys. Thank you. Please spread the word, uh, share the podcast. Unless you don't like it, then tell nobody because we will find you. And take care of your nipple. What's that? Take care of your nipple. Yes, take care of your nipple, wear a mask, and um, if he dies, he dies. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you guys later.